My name is Sue Astra, though officially in the yearbook it's Ursula Astra. I grew up mainly in Manhattan on Riverside Drive, though I was born in Germany, and I um, graduated science in 1949, and now I live on the in Yorkville in Manhattan at 81st Street and 1st Avenue. Well, I was the first class of girls, mm. so that's sort of a non sequitur. No, but it's <laughs> but important, but yeah. I, I was excited to go there. I did my local high school, if I had not gotten into science and passed the test, would have been a high school called George Washington High School, which I knew was not so good, mm -hmm. and I expected science would be better. Yeah. As you mentioned, you were in the first class that had women at the school. Um, did you know that when you applied that they were in that moment of transition? I must have known. I mean, actually, because I got in in those days, there was junior high school for three years, so mm -hmm. I got in on the in the second year, I guess it is, at science. And there had been girls already who started the year before. Mm -hmm. So I was the first uh, class of science that had girls on that level, mm -hmm. but they had been in the school for a year before. Um, okay. But it was, regardless, it was still very new when you walked in the door to have uh, a co-ed school, yeah. Right. Were there... Um, any surprises in terms of how people reacted to that or conversations where guys were maybe not so open to it or anything you remember about that aspect? Well, not really because everybody there had come from schools that were co-ed. Mm -hmm. So uh, it wasn't that I was impinging upon an all-male <laughs> territory. And the thing I liked about it is there weren't many girls. Mm. So... Being a teenager, I had a huge group of boys <laughs> to, to interact with. The odds were in your favor. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I liked that part. Yeah. And in fact, when I went to college, I missed <laughs> missed the boys <laughs> because I went to an old girls' school. I went to Barnard ah, College, yeah. which was old girls. So let's go into the classroom. Um, any classes or teachers that stick out in your mind as having been important or memorable for you? I like chemistry a lot. This were the days of all the girls reading Madame Chewy's mm. biography. But once I got to college, I realized that that was not my strong point. And uh, I went into more liberal arts. My chemistry teacher... I liked and he liked me and I once ran into a classmate of mine who said that he was very upset that on Parent Teacher's Day his mother came in right after my mother came in and he <laughs> told his mother, why aren't all my pupils like <laughs> Ursula Hess, especially your son? <laughs> and so he never forgot that. Oh, that's and, great. <laughs> and... We were all in dread of the assistant principal who was a disciplinarian who we would have to encounter if we misbehaved and come in early for detention. Ooh. Did you ever find yourself in detention? 
I'm surprised that I was because I was a pretty, <laughs> pretty tame person, but I was maybe because I came late. Mm. And the problem with that was that I lived on 141st Street on Riverside Drive, and the subway I had to take to get to Science was on 145th Street, which was sort of Harlem. And in those days, one was not comfortable being a white person yeah. going to Harlem. So when I had to get to detention early in the morning, I think we had to be there, either leave the house at 7 or be there at 7, I forgot what. My mother had to get up along with me and escort me to the subway because she was afraid to let me go alone at that hour. So it's a good reminder not to be late because not only do you have to get up, you got to pull your mom out of bed. Yeah, yeah. She, she had the tension too. <laughs> uh, um, That's great. That leads me to that the school was mainly Jewish. I think there was one African-American, one Chinese maybe, maybe some Irish kids, but yeah. mainly Jewish kids. So my mother was used to sending me to school in all the Jewish holidays because mm. she didn't want to miss a day of class when I was in the lower grades. And uh, we weren't observing it, so there was no issue. So I would go to school every day, Jewish holiday or not. When I got to science, I told her that she, you know, that it was different now. But she said, no, no, you have to go to school. So she sent me off to school. On the way home, she met another girl who was at science, who had been in my public school. Mm. Viola Pedrera was her name. She was Spanish. And my mother said, Viola, why aren't you in school? And she said, oh, but Mrs. Hess, it's a Jewish holiday. <laughs> So after that, I was allowed to stay home <laughs> at the Jewish holidays. And then what I do remember is that being smart kids, these scienceites researched and found all obscure Jewish holidays and let the word out that that was a Jewish holiday and we should stay home. Oh, and so the principal announced that school was in session, and if we weren't there at that time, we would be marked absence and whatever that yeah. penalty was. Whereupon I heard that all the local rabbis descended on Dr. Meister and said, if those kids want to observe <laughs> the holidays, then you have to let them do that. Oh, so, yeah, you don't want to tick off a gang of rabbis. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Dr. Meister prevailed, <laughs> and so we only had the major ones. So in a, in a space that was primarily Jewish, like you said, were there other folks who shared a similar story to you, having left Europe, having gotten out? Yes, there were. Uh, in fact, my closer friends at Struhl had the same background mm. as I did. While now there's not that many refugees left, and people even now consider us Holocaust survivors, mm. which I don't at all because I wasn't in a concentration camp. That's what I think of as a Holocaust mm. survivor or someone who was a hidden child. We lost economically everything, but... Um, 
And you were uprooted. But, you know, I was six years old. Mm. It's different yeah. than you would today. Um, and I had my parents and, and my brother intact. So I think we considered that really more normal. My friends, when I said that I had mainly friends who were like me from Europe, they lived in Washington Heights, which in those days was called the Fourth Reich, because it was full of German Jewish refugees. Oh, that's a, that's a tough name. <laughs> so they, um, you know, they were completely surrounded by kids like themselves, and I was too. So I don't think we really ever spoke about it. That was just how it was. So, you know, you mentioned in that moment all of these young women reading Madame Curie's biography and being interested in seeing that as a viable uh, path. You know, you hear it a lot in the sciences about doors being closed to women at that point in academia and then professionally after that. But I can imagine that being the case in the humanities as well. Let's say it's, you know, six months before you graduate college. In your mind, what did you see yourself doing moving forward? I wanted to avoid the whole issue, so I went to graduate school. Mm. And uh, when I started job hunting, that's when I first hit the bias against women. For one thing, the New York Times had separate help-wanted men and help-wanted women. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So that you were supposed to look on the the right uh, gender to find yourself. In my day, most of the women started their career in the secretarial position. That I couldn't do because I couldn't type well enough. So I could never take take it that way. (laughs) So I eventually um, got got into a publishing house uh, as an editorial assistant after looking around for a long time for a job. And I was living at home and I had part-time jobs like sales drills (laughs) while I was trying to find the full-time job. Yeah. Um, So now, first of all, maybe give a quick rundown of what it is you ended up doing in film distribution and how that kind of came together. Okay. I've been in film distribution since, I think, maybe since 1969, 1970. It was a wonderful business to be in. Yeah. Because, first of all, you met very interesting filmmakers. I traveled to film festivals. I went to Tron every year mm. to find films and to Toronto and to, to the Scandinavian countries. So there was a lot of perks. Yeah. And not having to work for anyone but to work for ourselves was nice. Yeah. And uh, being in contact with these very talented filmmakers, it's a very nice way to spend your daytime. Absolutely. Um, Better than secretarial work, huh? Yeah. <laughs> or chemistry. It's a good thing you didn't learn how to type or do experiments better. <laughs> That's true. Oh, so now looking back at science, and this is kind of a vague question, but are there any particular pieces of your experience there? Or, and it can be in retrospect. It doesn't have to be things you realized while you were there, but that you feel like you've really carried with you since 
you walked across that stage? I think, if anything, then I judge people by their intellectuality. And being exposed at such an early age to such a superior uh, group of students, it just gave me an appreciation mm. of how important it is to mingle with people who are smart. That sounds sort of odd, but that's... No, for sure. Um, so that I think all my life I've judged people by how smart they are, how well they can communicate. Uh, yeah. And it, I think it was science who gave me the first taste of that. <laughs> 